You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome to History Happy Hour, a special series from History Uncovered. It's the end of April 2023, and we've handpicked a few of our favorite history stories from this month. Today, we'll be talking about how scientists found a never-before-seen chapter in the Bible, how the discovery of a 6,000-year-old hook in Israel suggests that ancient people hunted sharks, why experts are warning that mummies in Mexico City could be spreading ancient fungus, new evidence that suggests ancient people used psychedelic drugs 3,000 years ago, a study that claims humans once ate giant snails as large as a human hand, as well as a number of historical anniversaries, including the discovery of LSD, the sinking of the Titanic, and much more. I'm all that's interesting staff writer Kalina Fraga. And I'm all that's interesting staff writer Austin Harvey. Before we begin, we'd like to say uh, once more that this spring we're conducting a survey um, as part of the Airwave Network to help us get to know you, your interests, what you think of the show. And you can find that survey questionnaire at surveymonkey.com slash r slash airwave. And if you fill out that survey, you'll be entered in a chance to win $500 in an Amazon gift card, which is not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, that's surveymonkey.com slash r slash airwave. Great. So with that, we can dive into uh, some of the news posts that we've covered on the site this month that stood out to us about history. Yeah, we had a lot of I, I hate to use the word interesting when the websites call it all that's interesting. <laughs> right. <laughs> but we did. We had a lot of interesting history news stories this month. A lot of like really of ancient unique, history. A lot of ancient history, which we don't always get. Yeah. Um, yeah. The first one being that they found a hidden Bible chapter, mm -hmm. which when I read the headline, I thought meant like literally one that we have not known about for yeah. forever, right. um, which Same. is not entirely the case. It's a. Uh, ancient Syriac translation of the Bible of Gospels of Matthew chapter 12, mm. which was buried under two other layers of manuscripts. Right. Because the thing in the Middle Ages they would do is just reuse parchment. It's like erase something and then yeah. write over it. So there's three different layers of Syriac, Greek, and then Georgian writing on this parchment, which is sort of fascinating. Yeah. And then the other thing being that the translation was like literally different, as in like if you translate both to English, the Greek versus the Syriac, 
there are slight variations in what is actually being said. Yeah. I don't think they've translated this one yet, but there were some other examples of, yeah, where they've seen this before. It's like very little things. It's it's basically the basic thing is the same, but like a couple of words or it's like one action added or something like that. Right. I think there was something about eating grains, but in the Syriac one, they rubbed the grains in their hands first and then ate it. Yeah. Yeah. And you wonder what what motivated these monks who I'm sure were writing this out to like make that change where they like, I want to fill the space better, be prettier that way or. Yeah. Or maybe if it was like a cultural thing, if like ancient Syriac culture, if they had a tradition where they rubbed grains first and then the Greeks were like, yeah, we're not going to do that. We're just going to eat food. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's a mystery, but it's kind of fascinating. This isn't the first time that we've covered something on the site and I don't remember what the last thing was, but where using like new technology, I think like UV lights, They've been able to see yeah. these erased um, marks on ancient pages, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I'm also curious about how they erased the ink from the parchment. Hmm. Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure there's a very easy answer to it. I just never bothered to look it up. No, that's a great question. I never thought even thought about that before. Yeah, but that's, that's a fascinating thing that we covered on the site, which you can check out. And the, I guess the next news story also has to do with ancient stuff, although I think even more ancient. I actually, yeah, I think every news story we're talking about today is ancient, ancient. I think so. Yeah. We're going way back today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this one's about a copper hook they found in Israel. Well, and this happens in Israel all the time. You know, when they, whenever there's like a new construction being built, they have to check it out and make sure there's nothing important. Um, so they were building a new neighborhood and they found a hook, a copper hook, which they think was a shark hook from 6,000 years ago, which is, Incredible. Kind of cr- like ancient shark week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was found like at a, in a village that was not on the water, but near the water. And because they didn't find a lot of fish bones nearby, they're making the assumption that maybe they hunted sharks for special occasions. Right. Which is really neat to think of. It's such an interesting visual to think of someone just reeling in a shark. Yeah, right. Modern sh- sharking. I d- shark catching um whatever <laughs> but they, you know it's such a big extravagant like we were on a boat we have a big net like it's like a mm-hmm. whole ordeal um yeah. with very little like human versus shark muscle power i want to yeah. see the fishing rod it would have been attached to right yeah i wonder if the sharks were bigger back then or smaller i mean it seems like there's a lot of unknowns about this shark hook still yeah i'm curious like yeah was it like just one person with a really giant fishing rod (laughs) or was it like a multi-person effort yeah i would think multi-person that's how i'm imagining it is like they're like it's Mm -hmm. time there's some celebration let's all go with our uh copper shock shark hook and go find some sharks yeah yeah i think that yeah yeah, that's very fascinating especially given that it was such an agricultural area who'd like i yeah it raises so many questions because you would have never thought 6,000 years ago, people were catching sharks. Mm -hmm. And now that we know that they, or now that we, you know, have evidence that suggests that they did, that opens up so many more questions. Like, why? What was the significance of this celebration, if that was what it was? Or, yeah, just one of those, like, one of those cool instances of history opening doors to new pathways that we didn't really think of, which is gets into why you can say history news because it (laughs) is. Right. New yeah, exactly. And from and all of this from just like one tiny hook that they found, you know, deep right. in the dirt somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Not on the <laughs> on the um 
I guess this one is a little bit more modern. It's a modern problem from an ancient story. In Mexico, there are these mummies, the Guanajuato mummies, um, which are terrifying looking. And they kind of look like they're screaming and they've been this fascination in Mexico for well over 100 years. But they changed their expressions, I read, which I was like, what? Yeah, that they, they posed them <laughs> to look that way. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Like the museum curators. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. meant the mummies change expressions. Oh, no. oh God, no. And I was like, why, why are we no. not talking about that? That's crazy. No, no, no. Oh, God, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess spores have like a very thin relation to what we'll talk about next, it, our it next story. Be, it might be hallucinogenic mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> there was a study of these clumps of hair they found in a cave on an island near Spain, and they're from the Bronze Age. And this study revealed that they had these hallus- oh, I can never say this word hallucinogenic drugs in the um, in the hair. It's from like, all these like plants that cause. Uh, let's see, I wrote it down. They can cause disorientation, sensory disruption, and often violent hallucinations. And it's the first time they've found definitive proof of a drug like this among Bronze Age Europeans. Yeah, I I, I wrote down what plants they were ingesting to induce the hallucinogenic state it was devil's snare white henbane mandrake and joint pine mm. um and they contain traces of atropine and scopolamine which yeah as you said can have effects that don't sound particularly fun yeah <laughs> when i think of people doing hallucinogenic drugs it's usually for a more like pleasant experience they don't know why these people did it it's like it's it was it a religious ceremony was i mean they they preserved the the hair clumps so there was something yeah to do with these people i'm like convinced it was an accident <laughs> <laughs> i'm i have a theory that most food was discovered by accident yeah i might have brought this up before but i'm convinced no, that people oh, did i not okay <laughs> no, i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, yeah i think it was all like serendipitous when people learned about new foods mm. they just like you know group of gatherers go out and they pick a couple berries that or red and they're like well last week we had the red berries and they were really good so then they're like these ones probably be good and then one of them tries them and dies and then they go oh not those ones mm. and it was just trial and error for years and years and years but i also like to think the first time anybody cooked food it was by accident probably yeah i like to I think i that. like my favorite one is i like to think the first stew was by accident someone was boiling water to do laundry and somebody else tripped and dropped all the vegetables <laughs> in they're like oh no and then they're like that's pretty good actually let's eat it anyway oh, yeah, it's, it's probably not mm. how it went but in my, <laughs> that's my head canon for history oh uh, well this could have happened they could have just been like eating some plants in spain and whoa bam so yeah never know well or maybe yeah. we'll find out more who knows we might yeah or like you said yeah it could have been a religious ceremony thing as well if i mean you see that a lot in um native american culture yeah where they ingested true. peyote and it was like a spiritual experience so mm -hmm. yeah well i mean speaking of cooking and eating and ancient people oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah ancient escargot oh i love escargot I think i've so actually good. never had it are there french restaurants near you you should go and just check i'm out. sure there are i think the idea of it kind of freaks me out a little bit it's so good it's so garlicky and like buttery and um highly recommend if you don't i mean if you think about it too much i guess maybe that could weird you out but it's just i don't know they're good yeah i mean i like like mussels and scallops oh, and it'll be fine yeah it's just okay. like that yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, I guess if they've been doing it for maybe 170,000 years, someone's doing something right. Yeah. 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 These people were eating giant, giant snails, which I think is 
crazy. Big snails. Yeah, like massive scales. South African land snails, I think it was, I think they have just a very generic name, but they found the shell fragments at South Africa's border cave, which is 2000 feet above sea level mm. and discover it. What's interesting is obviously you're not going to have like remnants of a snail, but they had remnants of snail shells, which were discolored or like changed their color from what it would naturally be. And to confirm the hypothesis that they were cooking and eating these snails, they basically burned some more snail shells now at varying temperatures up to like 12,000 degrees hmm. and they noticed like yeah if you cook these shells they turn like a very similar shade of like ash gray or white or whatever depending on how long you cooked it and so from that they figured okay so these ancient people in South Africa were eating were likely eating these snails and probably that it was for like young children and elderly people who couldn't really hmm. eat the other food they were having yeah and if these snails were they say as big as like a human hand that's a pretty decent meal that's a lot of snails yeah. so yeah. that's a lot of protein too and mm -hmm. like good stuff for you yeah and so long ago too because i think they said before this they like previous evidence suggested that they were eating snails after or towards the end of the last ice age hmm. which was like fifteen thousand years ago and this would be anywhere from seventy thousand to one hundred and seventy thousand years ago so wow. that's, that's quite a ways back yeah yeah, it's a long legacy uh, from that to escargot today, humans eating yeah. snails. It makes yeah. sense, too. Snails are slow. There's not easy to catch. It's an easy hunt. <laughs> That's it makes true. Makes a lot of sense. Like, you'd much rather go out and hunt snails than a tiger. Yeah, garlic and butter. I'll have to try it out now. Yeah, for sure. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Um, yeah, so we're going to switch things over to some major anniversaries from April, which I have to say, April's a history-packed month. It really is. It really is. I, think, I have a feeling May is going to be as well. Yeah. But I felt like March, we were kind of not scraping the bottom of the barrel, but we were stretching it a little bit, being like, okay, well, that's, that's kind of big. But like, yeah, There's April had so a lot. Much in April. Uh, and a lot within the past century also yeah i think everything's in the 20th century yes yeah. that we covered today. every single thing yeah first yeah. one being um this year was the 50 year anniversary of the first cell phone call which wow. is really i didn't realize it went that far back i know it's a it's kind of a funny story too because the first call was between a motorola executive <laughs> and an at&t executive and the yeah. Motorola guy said, Joel, this is Marty. I'm calling you from a cell phone, a real handheld portable cell phone. And it was kind of like a, ha ha, we beat you to it yeah. type call. Which <laughs> <laughs> is just the, the best first call that could have ever been made. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, it really set the uh, stage for everything that would come after. Well, the first, I, I was reading more about this, and like the first cell phone then came to market in the 1980s and it weighed two pounds it had a battery life of about 60 minutes and it cost four thousand dollars in 1980s money which is nine thousand dollars today <laughs> oh my god i know i like that um the guy said martin cooper 
was talking about how they wanted to make a phone that you could actually, it was actually portable that you could actually carry with you in your pocket. And I was like, I am not putting a two pound brick mm. in my pocket mm-hmm. and walking around with it. That sounds so uncomfortable. I feel like in movies from the 80s and the 90s, two people had those, those big brick phones. I, yeah, I've definitely seen those in some movies yeah. with like, they pull out the big antenna. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And now, now we all have them with us at all times. Yeah. And they yeah. take crazy good photographs they sure do <laughs> sounds like an ad for a some <laughs> cell phone <laughs> so anyway guys check out the all that's interesting cell phone now right. on the website <laughs> takes real good photos takes real good photos it tells you facts about history at the same time it has built-in uv light so grab your bible <laughs> yeah um well this is an easy segue from this to our next uh anniversary which is the the launch of the World Wide web another Ooh, big yeah. moment yeah called mesh which i think is a great name for like some startup doing something mesh yeah isn't that what i think those were the routers that google used to make oh yeah i think they're google mesh routers which now makes a lot of sense Mm, my brain is just making that connection (laughs) mesh World Wide web is is good that's a good name but i think mesh is kind of i don't know yeah it reminds me of that like um i don't know if you watched snl in like the early 2010s but there was this ongoing thing with uh, Stefan, played by Bill Hader. My favorite character. New York's hottest club is Mesh. I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan, that was peak SNL. Yeah. I it's love been Bill Hader since. too. He's great. Yeah. I really like the one where John Mulaney comes out with him. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they just break character. Yeah. Well, in a totally different direction from that. I guess it's an invention still, so we can keep with that it theme. Is. It is, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's the our next anniversary is the discovery of LSD, 1943. Um, I have a kind of a long quote from the guy who discovered it, Albert Hoffman, but I'll, oh, just, okay. I'll just read it. Yeah. <clears throat> so he basically accidentally ingested LSD, I think through his fingers while he was doing research. And he wrote, um, he wrote, last Friday, April 16th, 1943, I was forced to interrupt my work in the laboratory. Oh, wow, I can't say that word. I was going to say laboratory, <laughs> and I was like, that's not how you say that word. Dexter's laboratory. laboratory. <laughs> yeah. In the middle of the afternoon and proceed home, being affected by remarkable restlessness combined with slight dizziness. At home, I lay down and sank into a not unpleasant, intoxicated-like condition characterized by an extremely stimulated imagination. In a dreamlike state with eyes closed, I found the daylight to be unpleasantly glaring. I perceived an uninterrupted stream of fantastic pictures, extraordinary shapes with intense kaleidoscopic play of colors. After some two hours, his condition faded away. Ooh. So he took it on yeah. purpose after that. And then he was like, guys, guess what I found? And then, <laughs> and then word spread. Yeah. And then the government was like, you think we can control people's minds with yeah, that? Right. <laughs> And then, that happened yeah, for a little uh, while. Then they're like, nah, we'll just make it illegal instead. Right. They're like, well, <laughs> that was a bust. Yeah. Can't let other people have that, though. No way. Mm-hmm. Well, our next anniversary is... Something we've been talking about a good bit. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> I wrote it in my notes, we know a lot about this. We do we know sure a lot do. about this one. Um, yeah. It's the sinking of the Titanic. 111th anniversary? Ooh, wow. Triple ones. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, April 14th slash 15th, 1912. Yeah, yeah. years ago. So we have a series coming. Actually, I guess our first episode's already out. Yeah, the first two. The second, yeah. Yeah. The first two were out. But yeah, the ship sank, as as people know, starting on the 14th into the 15th. A lot of people died. Uh, we don't have to get too into it here because, again, we have two of six episodes out for that right now. So if you That's want true. to 
get more into the story of the Titanic, uh, it's there and waiting for you. Yeah. And we get into a lot of details about, you know, the ship, the people on it, all the drama that went down literally that day. But there is one thing we didn't cover we can talk about today. uh, Mm -hmm. And that's the punch that they drank on the Titanic. Yes. Yeah, it was um, Um, punch a la Romaine. And there's a recipe on chilled, um, which actually sounds pretty good. But it sounds so complicated to make. It's like... It does. It's a multi-step process with a lot of preparation. Well, the punch itself is basically like a frozen drink. Right. And just like a, a little history about it. You know, it apparently it came from 17th, 17th century Rome, uh, served to popes, and then when Napoleon invaded Italy, he brought it back to France, and then it became like a big, a big hit. But it's it's very very complicated to make. You need a whole afternoon, I would think, because it comes in two parts. Right. Yeah. You have to make lemon water ice, or you know, like a lemon slushy, mm-hmm. and then also meringue. Yeah. But yeah, and then it has to be served immediately to get like the good like right. um, like froth on the top. Which just so. goes to show you how luxurious the dining experience was on the Titanic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was for first class passengers only. Right, of course. So no, uh, no one in third class got this punch. Um, yeah. And it was served on the last night before the ship sank. So. Wow. Yikes. Little, yeah, little grim bit of history there, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a... Fi- it, it sounds good. It does sound really good. Especially for this time of year as it's getting warmer again and yeah. getting away from brown liquors and back into... <laughs> I guess it does have rum in it, so maybe whatever. I wonder what would happen if I walked into like a nice cocktail bar and was like, I'd like a Roman punch, please. If they would be like, all right. And probably not because it takes too much yeah. preparation. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder if I can find a bar in New York that has it. Oh, I feel for like I sure. Could. <laughs> I'm sure there's a tight. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a Titanic themed restaurant somewhere in New York. (laughs) I need to do some research into that. That'd be that'd be cool to be cool to try. I do have a friend who loves making cocktails. Okay, uh, he might be up for the challenge as well. Yeah. Well, if you end up trying it, let me know. I think we'll probably do the Titanic discussion episode before our next Mm. history happy hour. So if you try it before then, you'll have to report back on if it's any good or not. Should be my goal. Yeah. If it's worth the effort. Yeah, off a Titanic like party or something, and uh, <laughs> unless someone to serve it. Yeah, yeah, just listen to classical music, and at the end yeah. you dump cold water on everybody. That sounds right. <laughs> and then I push certain people out, let other people stay. Right, right. Yeah, yeah and you you assign each of your friends to first, second, or third class. <laughs> <laughs> you could get different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Based on the the uh, housewarming gifts they give me for this party. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Hey y'all, spooky season is here. And if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history, then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic, a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends, folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley. Not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities like New Orleans, Charleston, and St. Augustine. So if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research, then be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps.
Well, shortly after the Titanic sank, that punch became illegal in the United States because prohibition. Happened. Yeah. Now, they were in international waters. That's true. So I guess they would have been fine regardless. Yeah. Let's make this very like clunky segue into our final anniversary, <laughs> which is uh, the, the, um, when prohibition was repealed. Was actually it's actually the Volstead Act that was repealed on April seventh, nineteen thirty-three. From what I read online, FDR had just been sworn in that March. He was at a dinner a few weeks later, and he kind of remarked, "This would be a good time for a beer." And pretty soon after that, the Volstead Act was repealed, and beer with a low alcohol percentage, as well as some wines, were legalized once again. Yep, so Miller Lite. Yeah, right ahead. Is Miller Lite that low in? It's like AP four. 0.3%. I think most mass market beers like that, like Miller, Bud, Yingling, wow. uh, Heineken, they're all around that like 4 to 5% margin. Mm. I guess because I really only drink IPAs, they're always higher yeah, than that. Yeah, like, Usually, like 6 to 10. 10's getting a bit too strong, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, those, I mean, that's why they taste like water. Mm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that opened the door for for the rest of Prohibition to go away and people were able to drink in the streets again. And we have a great, I, this might have been one of your articles, photos of mm, Prohibition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speakeasies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I had a lot of photos of like the moment Prohibition was repealed, which was like really funny to look at. Yeah. Just a lot of people, people waiting around and-, and then being like, all right, it's almost midnight. <laughs> <laughs> Was, I mean, it was, gonna drink. it was probably a monument. I mean, it was a monumental moment. But I, I would love to be able to like go back in time and watch that exact moment happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you, it's one of those things where people say if you could pick any time to go back to, that would be a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I only had Party. like, if it was like one of those like time machines where you're like, all right, you could go for a minute. I'd be like, all right, eleven fifty nine, like that that day. I want to see everyone just go, yeah. And then, and then you're done. Yeah, and then I'm done. You want to stick around and like have have a drink with? I your think it'd be friends. really funny if I toasted them, and then like right as I was about to take the drink, I just disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'd probably be like, "Oh no, like God isn't into this." Uh, better, better bring prohibition back. No, it's like one of those butterfly effect things. Yeah. <laughs> come back. It's like no, um, wait, no. Right, and you come back to the future, and there's alcohol's gone. That's, that's no good. Yeah, never mind. I don't want to go back in time. <laughs> But yeah, that kind of sums up our our anniversaries and our news and uh, and all that for April. Yeah, yeah, April was a surprisingly active month. It was I can't believe it's over. I mean, almost over. Yeah, it'll be over yeah. by the time this one comes out. But time flies. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I, well, God, yeah, we're already halfway, almost halfway through the year. Uh, don't say that. Um, <laughs> but I'm excited for summer. It's really beautiful here today, and yeah it's ready for it very nice here as well just i can't go outside because the pollen oh yeah we're surrounded by trees so it's just like yikes i'm I'm doomed well hopefully all the pollen disappears yeah usually only lasts like a week no like like two or three weeks probably every april into may and then i'll be fine yeah that's good yeah yeah but yeah Um, you, you go out and enjoy the nice weather that's my plan yeah. Go breathe in that fresh air, that fresh <laughs> New York air. Love that fresh New York air. Doesn't smell like garbage at all. No, it doesn't. That's a horrible stereotype. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, well, I guess we'll wrap things up then by returning, uh, reminding everyone to please check out that survey we mentioned at the top of the show. So that's surveymonkey.com slash r slash airwave. 
It's a pretty short questionnaire. It'll help us improve everything. And you could win $500 uh, with Amazon, which is incredible. Yeah. And I recently it's learned a lot of Amazon things. you can get a pretty good vacuum on Amazon, a cordless vacuum for 120 bucks, And that leaves you with like 380 Whoa. leftover dollars. Whoa. Well, that's good to know. I'm in the market for a vacuum. I'll send you a link. Oh, God. Adulthood is so exciting. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I would love to see the link, though. Vacuums. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> Um, anyway, so that's surveymonkey.com slash r slash airwave. Yeah. And if you liked the show, you can help other people find out about it by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, leave a comment on YouTube, all that jazz. And uh, make sure to follow all that's interesting and the history revealed pages on Facebook. And you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Real History Uncovered. And if you don't want to miss new episodes, because again, we are doing that six-part series on the Titanic, which is coming out weekly. Make sure you subscribe to the History Uncovered podcast and keep up with our latest stories at allthatsinteresting.com. Nice. All right. Well, let's talk to you a lot, probably in other podcasts, but we'll be back next month for a May May History Happy Hour. Oh, yeah. Let's can't wait to see what cocktail we get from May. Yeah, I know. Hopefully we can try the the Titanic punch between now and then. Yeah, I know. I'm about to like go out and buy everything. And I was like, I really don't want to put that much work in, man. It's so much work. <laughs> so many ingredients. <laughs> but hey, yeah, if anyone listening happens to make the punch a la Romaine um, and you mm-hmm. want to let us know how it was, you can leave us a message uh, either by emailing us at podcast at all that's interesting dot com or give us a call at 929-526-3029. And let us know yeah. if you enjoyed that cocktail. We're very curious. I would love to know. Yeah. All right. All right. Toodles. (laughs) (laughs) Till next time. Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlwood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.